calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome to a brand new spoiler review episode for Ms. Marvel here, brought to you by the Geek Buddies! We should go sepia tone right now as we're going back in time to talk about uh, this particular episode. Episode 5, time and again here from, uh, oh no, you know, is it time and again? Is that, yeah, time and again here from Ms. Marvel. So I always want to be correct on that here. Uh, We're going to talk about all of it, break it all down, but just introduce ourselves first. I'm the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the uh, Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. You can currently see Strawberry Shortcake on Netflix, and I can tell you about the other stuff I'm doing, but I would get fired from my job. <laughs> no one wants that. Uh, Shannon, uh, okay. what do you got? And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where I also work on Strawberry Shortcake. And I know some stuff about Vogel's career. And if the price is right, I will sing like a canary. Wow. Wow. Put it on the table. Um. Hope, you, hope you enjoy getting disinvited to that next writer's summit. There, 
Um, and yeah, if you sing like a canary, that's probably because you've got something wrong with your voice. If you want to get the checked out, you want to go get checked out at carbonhealth.com. That's where you go. Oh, look at you. that. Carbonhealth.com. Uh, go and support them. Go and get your healthcare questions, concerns, and needs addressed by them. They've got 125 locations worldwide, uh, nationwide, 80 plus locations here in California alone. Do all the COVID testing, do all the things that you need. They've got uh, urgent care at all their locations, primary care at most of their locations. And they do virtual care as well for those of you who cannot leave the house or maybe you can't get to a physical location. They can help you out as well. Also, they got an app for Carbon Health. Download that app so you have a doc in your pocket there for any healthcare questions or concerns you have during the day. But go to healthcare. Go to carbonhealth.com and get checked out today. All right, let's get into this thing. Time and again, episode five. We're going, uh, we're now going to get the partition story and see everything that happens here with the. Uh, with Kamala's grandparents and everything that happened, we've been alluding to. Sana's been talking about now. Sana brought them to Karachi. We had this uh, these interactions with the Red Dagger now. Now we've got to see a little bit more. We're going back in time. And um, Michael, overall thoughts on this episode here as the last penultimate episode before we get to the finale of season one? Uh, I really really liked it i have a couple of minor minor issues with the okay. end and a little bit of confusion but i thought it was great i thought i liked it so much that it didn't even bother me that it broke all of the mcu's time travel rules <laughs> that seems a little more than minor but all right uh shannon overall thoughts on this episode here time and again uh, in season one uh, like Vogel, I really enjoyed aspects of it, but I think with the resolution, it did expose um, some weaker parts of the show, which yeah. I think, you know, I think I imagine we will all agree upon, but still yeah. what we got, I really, really enjoyed. I think the strength, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way you guys do. I, I think the strength of the show lied in the uh, in Aisha and Hassan and their mm -hmm. relationship too fantastic and well-renowned by the way pakistani actors maywish hayat and fawad khan who were fantastic with great chemistry we were able to see the struggles of india 1942 versus 1947 i think when they finally get their independence and those of us who've watched gandhi and love gandhi as a movie we've already had a little bit of knowledge about partition and thanks to one of our uh followers who sent us that 17 minute video that gave us even more knowledge about partition and what happened there and we get to see all of that but it's really the family stuff that works so well here when we go back to present time for me i start to see as shannon pointed out the cracks, the strains, and the limitations of Iman Vellani as an actress, sadly. And, and this is because, hey, look, this is her first thing. You're putting a lot of weight on her, and I think we're seeing some cracks here as we get into the more emotional and the heavier stuff that's happening here, and that's concerning me as we go into the finale. But everything with Aisha and Hassan was stellar, yeah. and I wanted more of that. too. I wanted this episode to be an hour of just them, to be honest with you. So... Uh, Michael, let's deal with that. Let's just deal with that because that's 20 minutes of this uh, of this episode here leading up into uh, into uh, Kamala showing up there on on the platform. So let's talk about this. What do you think? We get the clandestine. We get Aisha kind of with the bangle. She's clearly wanting to keep her space, but Hassan wins her over. We we jump in forth. Uh, we jump forward in time. She's pregnant. We see the birth of Sana. We see her with the bangle. We hear about the poem, which leads to the inscription. Uh, and we get to the platform where once again, 
uh, Hajma uh, tries enough. to destroy another family. So we're seeing that now when she first did it versus when we saw her doing it, when she's the one that hits the bango that led us into this memory. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about those first 20 minutes. Well, I mean, I agree with what you were saying, which is I think a lot of times uh, the executive opinion of geeks watching these shows is that when you get to an episode like this that is dealing with ancestors, past characters, love stories, yeah. family stuff, emotional stuff, that this is where we tune out. And I agree with you that I think yeah. that has been the strength of this show for the entirety of the run. And I think there there's no difference here. I think that the love story between Aisha and, uh, and Hassan was absolutely spectacular and delivered on everything they've been building up to. I think yeah. that, you know, this whole, who is my great grandmother? Why does she have this reputation? What really happened? What is the backstory that happened at partition with this path of stars that saved yeah. uh, Sana and got her back to Hassan? Like there's just been a mystery around it that we know is super important that ties into obviously uh, Kamala and her heritage, but also uh, Muniba, her mom, and right. her relationship with her mother, and just like this entire family, their their generational history, and so much of what Kamala's journey has been um, throughout the series is in addition to being someone who just is obsessed with Captain Marvel and wants to be a, a superhero and wants to be part of that hero life, it's also someone who kind of is living in two worlds. I mean, yeah. she's grown up in America, um, but she has this Pakistani heritage, and then she goes to Pakistan and she's seen as too American, and she's sort of in this two different worlds and where do I fit and who am I supposed to be? And this story in a really kind of lovely, beautiful way answers all of this with this amazing love story. And I do think, John, you're right, like both both actor, uh, both actor, actors, um, mm -hmm. Aisha and Hassan, like just really understated, but lovely. Like nothing yeah. was over the top. It just felt very grounded and organic. Um, the story just chugged along like really, really, really well. Um, you know, when Nadja came along uh, and was talking to Aisha, first of all, that woman radiates danger in just a look. <laughs> she's so good at this role. Like she's yeah. just looking at Aisha, and Aisha's yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm just hanging out. And she's like, oh, so this is where you've been, huh? Oh, yeah. and then hugs her, and is like, I'm so glad. I'm like, mm, I don't trust this woman a bit. But also, you know, like, just exposes the lie that she told Kamala, which we all already knew this woman was no good. But, like, you know, and she was like, oh, yeah, we lost Aisha. We've been looking for her ever since. And you're like, okay, well, no, that's not exactly true. Um, but so, yeah, it all handled really well. And honestly, um, you know, we talk a lot about the, we talk a lot about it with the Star Wars shows. We talk about it with the Marvel shows. When the special effects are rocking, when they're not, when you see the limitations of TV budgets, when you don't. Everything with that partition scene just felt epically huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, like getting all the way to this scene where, you know, like we've been told so much about how overwhelming it was yeah. and just this refugee crisis that happened during partition and just, you know, how bad it was, but really kind of bringing it to life the way they did, I thought was really, really great. Uh, it just, it felt so epic in scope. Yeah. Shannon, talk to me about those first 20 minutes. I mean, we start with a newsreel, which is kind of almost like Citizen Kane-ish, because that's how Citizen Kane starts. With a little bit of a newsreel to give you a background, give you an idea, the sepia tone into the Marvel thing. So we're going back in time. It becomes like this TV screen, the four by three old school TV screen. And then we hear about uh, Prime Minister Nehru, who gets a... Uh, who gets appointed prime minister of India. Then we hear about the break here and exactly what they referred to in the last episode. An old white British dude decides to cut this country in half between Pakistan and India and causes all this drama here. And we see it play out 
in the village where by the end of their time there, um, you know, nobody wants to buy uh, Aisha's milk. Uh, Hassan can't sell his flowers, his roses, which were the source of pride in the first few minutes of the episode. So we're seeing that even playing out in a, in a micro scale as it's playing out in a macro scale. And then what it leads to and Hajma showing up again and then her telling him the truth, telling him the truth about everything. And he, instead of him being freaked out, he's like, you chose us and that's what matters. And that's why I love you. So it, it's even more powerful. Uh, what do you think about the first 20 minutes, man? Uh, I thought it was lovely, lovely. I think I think uh, uh, one of the greatest services this show has done has been to expose uh, Western audiences to yeah. this treasure trove of actors from Bollywood, like people that we don't necessarily know. I mean, we got it last uh, last episode with uh, uh, the character of Walid, who was played by I think his name was Farhan Akhtar. Right. Um, but then this week as well with uh, Fawad Khan and Maywish uh, Hyatt, who how much she reminded me, and maybe this is just me projecting, but how much she reminded me of Muniba. Um, they oh, both damn. just had a similar cadence yeah. to their speech, but just, yeah, just this really um, brief, but really lovely uh, love story and sort of encapsulating that, that person from two worlds mm -hmm. and how they were able to create something that was bigger than both of them. Um, just really, I mean, both of those actors just have incredible uh, screen presence. Yeah. That you just like, and even with uh, uh, Fawad Khan, I was just like, I feel like I've seen this guy before. I feel like I've mm. seen this guy before. Like, there's no, there's no reason I shouldn't have seen this guy before. And I looked up his IMDb, and I'm like, no, I don't recognize, <laughs> I don't recognize any of these credits. Yeah. But the fact that they were able to pull you in and get you so invested in such a short amount of time, I mean, that that is a credit not just to the performers, but to the director. Uh, and and the writers as well. Um, so yeah, I, I really really super enjoyed it. And as you guys were talking about the scope of the uh, the train station, um, that scene was. I mean, it's it's so much to take in. It's yeah. almost a little overwhelming because you're dealing with the physical scope, but you're also dealing with the emotional scope. Yeah. You're, you're dealing with these. Oh gosh, can get me emotional. <laughs> you're dealing with people being ripped apart. Yep, and Families. it's. Yeah. Yeah it's uh, it just hits it hits so hard um so yeah i mean i thought I, I thought the strength of this episode the strength of the series has always been kamala's family yeah. but the strength of this episode is definitely in the beginning right right laying the groundwork of why this family is such a tight family but also a family with mysteries and secrets and certainly the sana and muniba stuff was teased last episode their division where Moniba had all these stories and was the crazy lady in a way. And, and uh, oh, sorry, Sana had all these stories and was the crazy lady. And, and Moniba ran from that to America to kind of build her own identity. But now coming back, all this stuff uh, is uh, there for her to explore and to see. And yeah, I love the opening 20 minutes. Absolutely love it. I mean, I, as I said, I could have had even more time with them. I was, I actually was a little upset they didn't spend more time with them and lay a little more groundwork, have some more scenes, get more into the political stuff that was going on here. We jumped so quickly in time. We jumped so quickly to them meeting, getting pregnant, mar obviously marrying, and then what happens to them politically. But there could have been more explore here that would have been very interesting as a history lesson 
to people, but you know, that's not necessarily the job of this show, but it does give you enough background. So you understand the sides of things, at least on a surface level. So you can go and do your own research for it. So I like that. And then we get to the train. So let's jump to that. The next sequence here is we get to the train. Hajma shows up. Aisha senses that Hajma is there. Send- Najma. Najma. No, Najma. No, sorry. Najma. Najma. Sends Hassan. I'm trying to say Hassan and Najma at the same time. My apologies. It senses that Najma is there. Sends Sana ahead with Hassan, um, and Has- which you know she senses the trouble there. Najma shows up. They have an inner an, an exchange, and Najma is mad that Aisha has turned on her own people. Where we heard that before recently in a certain show, and stabs her, and uh, essentially sends her down the path to being killed. Um, looks for the bangle. Kamala shows up and has the connection here, sees Aisha, finds her, has the exchange. Aisha tells her to please take care of Sana. And then we see her find uh, Sana and start to use her powers to help Sana. But in the end, it's the bangle that creates the stars that lead Sana to Hassan and they get on the train. So let's talk about that whole sequence because she realizes that it was her that was the person who went back there and created the trail of stars for Sana. So Michael, I, I, I'm going to go back to you again. Normally I would go to Shannon next, but I'll go to you on this because you mentioned this, they broke the time loop situation here. So explain that here as well. Cause I was a little like, what, wait, what, what just happened? Well, so first of all, I think a lesson that we can take from Disney plus is that daggers are more fatal than lightsabers. <laughs> Uh, so important thing for people to know just as a, as a safety thing, like if it's particularly with carbon health and everything we do, if someone is coming at you with a dagger, you should be way more concerned than you should be about a lightsaber because lightsabers, it's just kind of like a rough gut, just kind of patch that thing up. You'll be fine. A dagger, you will be dead in seconds. So important life lesson brought to you from the geek buddies. Um, So yeah, so look, I think that, and again, I think the emotional impact of Aisha sort of calling out and, uh, and Kamala coming to her from through time and being the one that kind of set her grandmother on this path and rescued her that becomes this whole family story that sort of like, there is a beauty to it. So I don't, what I'm going to say on the nerd side, I don't think takes away from the fact that emotionally, this was a beautiful moment, and I think it landed so well. And in a show that is built so much around um, who you want to be and your yeah. family heritage and superhero, you know, like in I, I'll I'll get to the time travel thing in one second, but just like in the very first episode when Kamala comes home uh, and her mom and Muniba is like do you want to be the good girl that I raised or do you want to be this cosmic crazy in the clouds person? Right. And the fact that Kamala finds out that her family's history and heritage and who she is, is also this cosmic head in the clouds girl. And it's the same person I think is just so poetically beautiful. That being said, let's talk about how Marvel has defined time travel in Endgame. Bruce Banner makes it very, very clear (laughs) that you can't go into the past and change your present because once you go into the past, your present is your future. He explains this whole thing. Wait a minute. You tell me back to the future is bullshit. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Fucking back to the future. So basically the way Avengers sets everything up is if you go back in time and you do something that doesn't affect the present at all. It just kind of 
takes things off into a, in another timeline. Then what we learn is that the TVA has been pruning timelines to <laughs> keep things on track. And so that's how we like sort of don't have an entire multiverse of things happening because that's what would result in that. And then by the end of Loki, Kang comes along, fucks everything up, or actually I guess Loki fucks everything up and sets, up, sets us off on the way with the multiverse. All of that being said, nowhere in what Marvel sets up do you get the lovely time loop of my family has had this entire story my entire life, but it was always me who went back because in Marvel terms, if Kamala did get called back to Aisha, it wouldn't affect her present. That would be a separate timeline. Right. So with everything going on, I've, I, I was looking online. There's been a lot of discussion around this. <laughs> there is some thought that with everything going on in the MCU, um, the clandestine being, you know, kind of related to Jin and kind of outside our dimension, maybe our extra dimensional beings that, that can handle TV, uh, timelines differently than everyone yep. else does. But regardless of everything, I think this does kind of fall under the category of phase four has a lot of shit going on and not everything is syncing up. Yeah. Um, so that is, you know, from a Marvel nerd MCU standpoint, the time travel that happens here doesn't seem to wash with what's going on in the rest of the MCU. But again, as I said, emotionally and for this story specifically, if I was the showrunner, I'd probably go for it anyway. Like it, it works so well that it's almost like time travel rules be damned. Um, but then, of course, as a nerd, I'm like, well, except I need an explanation because this doesn't really make sense. So that's that's where that all ends. Fair enough. Shannon, thoughts on everything that happened on the platform here, uh, the time loop situation, uh, and Kamala realizing that she's been the one all along who was the uh, creator of the stars that led Sana back to Hassan and essentially guaranteed her creation down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, this was something that I thought about last week when we were talking. I was like, I wonder if Kamala is going to be the one to save Sana. But thinking of the established MCU time travel rules, I'm like, well, no, that wouldn't actually make sense. And, you know, as Vogel said, emotionally, it pays off. Um, I did really like that. I I do think uh, emotionally, Aman Vellani does. This is a strong, this is a strong performance, Um, specifically when she's dealing with Sana. Not so much with Aisha. Um, I I feel like those deeper emotional moments that she as a, as a younger person maybe does not have that experience to call upon yet. um, I think that might be showing in the performance that she's having to fabricate some of this. Mm -hmm. And that's where it might come off a little inauthentic. Whereas the rest of her performance, because she is so convincingly playing a kid because she is a kid. Yeah. Yeah. um, but the moment that she rescues Sana, I don't know if Amon Vellani has younger cousins or has younger siblings, but that exchange, yes. I want, I was 100% back on board yeah. with. She's yeah, like, I, I can't create stars. I hope you're okay with circles. Yeah. And then watching how as Sana is stepping and then the, the stare, the hard light stare shatters and sauna is the one manipulating the shards yeah um i thought that was just a really uh really really beautiful beautiful moment and when aisha i i was a little fuzzy and maybe you guys can help me Mm. was it was did aisha summon kamala or did the knife from najma 
activate the time travel powers of the bangle. It seems like think that's I, what seems to me that it activated. That's what, that's what I thought at first. But yeah. then Aisha, when, when Kamala shows up and Aisha thought like, Oh, it worked. Yeah. That to me seemed like, Oh, okay. Is this something she actively did? I do think there are moments in the series thus far that there has been a lack of specificity yeah. yes. that would help. Sure. Um, but uh, but the audience it's not about by and spoon large, feeding either. It's not about spoon feeding. No, it's no, about no, Clara. No, no, no. no. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 being deliberately vague. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's you don't have to make a choice. Yeah, I think that's real. I I think that's really what it is. So I think that, and again, I'm you know Thor: Love and Thunder just came out. Multiverse of Madness came out recently. I think that there are a host of examples. Uh, in the MCU currently where we could put a lot of things under the category of you chose not to choose. Yeah. Um, and I think when it comes to Miss Marvel, everything about the clandestine and nor and exactly how this all works. And we're going to get into the ending of this episode in a minute. And yeah. this comes up a lot there too. Uh, it, it's a little fuzzy. And I think a lot of times what happens is, and this is kind of what I was saying about the emotional impact. When you're a writer, you're more focused on is this emotionally satisfying? Right. Um, and all of the time travel, space travel, hyperspace, hard light, Zeus's lightning bolt, whatever you want to use is really just the tool that you're going to use to get to telling this emotional story about love, about family, about identity, about whatever. And so I think that when you're watching Miss Marvel, they have completely nailed the identity. Who am I? Where do I fit in? It yeah. works really well. I think, for all those reasons, it's Aisha that calls Kamala. Like, mm. Aisha calls out to Kamala, calls out for help, and Kamala comes to her. And Who's Aisha's already like, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Aisha's like, I need you to do this. I need you to help. This is super important. Right. I think it also ties into the end where Najma um, calls out to her son. Yeah, Kamran, yeah. But seemingly to use him. And again, it gets very fuzzy, so we'll get there in a minute. Yeah. But I think the comparison of what Aisha does with uh, Kamala and what Najma does with Kamran is yeah. very uh, interesting. Is there a bomber going over your yes. roof? Yes. San Diego. You know is that yours or mine? Is that I yours? I think that or was mine. I think okay. the garbage guy just went by, but I must have had a lot of garbage. That sounded like a helicopter. Yeah, I think it was. We've had a few of those recently over here in San Diego. I mean, remember, we're, I'm close to uh, um, uh, where Del Mar. Del Mar. Yeah, I'm yeah. close there. So where Top Gun shoots was uh, from, um, so you'll see every once in a while. But yeah, I agree with you, Mike. And this is the thing that I, um, in that sequence, I, I, I think I agree with you, Shannon, too. The the, the sweetness between her and Sana Kamala and Sana was really nice to see. The Aisha's up. I feel like she didn't step up to like quite as powerfully with the Aisha stuff. But an interesting change that Aisha can put the power into the bangle, her power in the bangle. So kind of laying the groundwork for what Najma is going to do later on here in a few minutes uh, to Cameron. Cameron. So. Interesting to see her being but, able to do that and then what that leads to down the road and, and, and dying and then Hassan and Sana taken off. So, yeah. But then again, also, but it, yeah. and this is, and again, this is some of that confusion is they yeah. make such a point earlier in the season about the clandestine can't use their nor, mm -hmm. but that the, uh, the, the hybrid children, the demigods, however you want to put, but like, like the, the Kamran and Miss Marvel, because they are of two worlds, Sana as well. And Sana, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, are able to access it so that when Aisha does what she does with the bangle, bangle there's a little bit of like, maybe what is she doing? Yeah. Right. yeah so, yeah. and again, emotionally, I bought all in. I was super invested. I was like, this is a great moment. But the, 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 uh, the pseudo comic book uh, science of it all 
left me a little a little confused. Okay. A little, a little wishy-washy. A little wishy-washy. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, when we get back, we end up getting back to present day. Everybody wakes back up in the dead end uh, situation here, and we see um, uh, we see Najma. We see who was the other act, the other character, Fariha. Uh, we see this whole situation going down with them. We see that uh, you know Muniba's trying to find Sana, and what the male cousin is like. Uh, you ever used find your phone? And she's like, "What? Oh, how come you never told me about this?" Uh, so they go and they're, they're off to try to find uh, um, Kamala, but. This uh, situation pops off and we see a veil show up there where uh, Kamala and Najma are. And Fariha walks towards the veil because Najma says, oh, my God, we can go home now. And Fariha is immediately eviscerated something like out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, there's this conversation about what to do next. And uh, Najma says, you know, because uh, uh, Kamala says, well, you have your son. Don't go into this. You have your son. You can stay for your son. You can love your son. Don't ruin that family, too. You you tried to ruin my family. Keep this family intact. You're showing a heroic moment there from Kamala uh, there. And so it's great. But then Najma says, oh, no, I can't. I left him behind, but I know how to make it up to him. And so she walks into the veil and sends her power to Kamran first before she sacrifices herself. So a little bit of a letdown. Muniba comes in with uh, with uh, Sana there. The Red Dagger guy is there too. They have an exchange. She's like, who is he? They have a conference, quick conversation. Then Muniba realizes that um, Kamala is Ms. Marvel. She's the light girl, as she says. Kamala uses her powers to go and talk to Red Dagger. They have a back and forth, which kind of lays the groundwork. Like in the comics, he comes over to the States. So he says... Hey, I can come over if you need me, even though I may be wanted in the States. They have a nice exchange there. But most of all, it's that picture that Kamala shows Sana of of her um, uh, mother and father, Muniba's grandmother and uh, uh, grandfather, that kind of brings them together. And Muniba and Sana kind of put their, um, uh, I don't know, weapons down, their shields down with each other. And you have this great moment where all three of them hug um and uh which is beautiful and then later we have Kamran talking to bruno um asking for his help uh in this situation is this how Kamran is going to become the villain uh because he is in the comics because of the fact that his mom died in the kind of get back at uh at uh, kamala i don't know so what did you think shannon about these two scenes here uh at the dead end with the veil and then later on uh, with Kamran and bruno uh, see, this is where I think the weakness of mm. the episode is really apparent because the clandestines have been so sort of loosely defined yeah. in terms of who they are, what they do, where this nor dimension, like, what is it exactly? This is your home, but you were exiled, yeah. exiled long enough ago that... There is there is text written about you that Yusuf talks about in episode two, I think. Yeah. Um, and the moment that Fariha goes up and immediately becomes a, a, a skeleton. And Najma has had a couple of um, whiplash-like character turns. Yeah. Where, I mean, in the first, you kind of believe it at the beginning that she's being super sweet because... Kamala has something that she wants. Right. She goes to villainy, which we all expected, but it is so mustache twirly villainy. And then she kind of flips the script again, saying, "Well, I can, you know, I can, I can, you know, do something for Kamran." Um, and I do think when 
Iman Vellani is saying, you know, don't, you know, you destroyed one family, don't destroy another. I do think, again, this is exposing some of the holes in her game. Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably just just that lack of experience, that she doesn't have those life events to pull from. So you're having to kind of, you know, spin it whole cloth. Yeah. Um, The moment that Muniba and Sana show up, uh, one, that scene with the cousins where she's kind of like, if I could, if I could ship my child, I would, <laughs> I mean, uh, Zenova Shroff is to me is just so Kill funny. I mean, she's, yeah. she's great. And the moment that, you know, you, you're seeing sort of the, the aftermath of this, uh, uh, tear in reality that's been repaired. And she's like, Kamala, what you're the light girl. And then when she sees red dagger, like, who's that? She yeah. immediately goes into protective mom mode, yeah. which I thought was super super fun and super sweet you know i i'm not a fan of aramis knight's performance in this so the the scene in between him and kamala at the end where he's just like you know i'm i'm a call away if you need help even though the american government has warrants out for my arrest i'm kind of like man let's get past this guy um when they get to (laughs) um them looking at maniba's old photos yeah and you get you, you you get the connection it's like she truly is Kamala's mom. I mean, yeah. this is, you know, like yeah. I had that Wild Street too. Me and your dad, we had adventures too. Yeah. And they sort of justify it where she's just like, look, you know, we we had our adventures and I've just had a hard time letting you go. And so right. it's from a character standpoint, you're sort of justifying like that's why she did all this. And now the fact that she knows that her daughter does have these um abilities that she's open to it, but I imagine we have not seen the end of Yusuf and Muniba being very protective of their daughter. Like, I think this yeah. probably will bleed over into future projects. Getting to Kamran and Bruno, I loved this scene. I thought this was so great, where Kamran really was just like, oh my God, your name's not Brian. I thought for sure for weeks it was Brian. My bad, man. I, I mean, I thought that was I thought that was so nice. Um, I, I really like getting to see these guys bonds. And I, I think it ends a little weak as well that we see that drone. Comron yeah. is able to blast it and then it fires a missile, but it almost seems like an accident. And then it blows up the convenience store, and that's sort of a, a hard cut to black. So yeah, I mean, I just feel like the 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 weakness of the show has been has been the clan. Who who is the antagonist here? Right. Yeah. Who, who, like, who, what's the big plan? Like the damage control. We know what their plan is. Um, but you have one performer who has been underutilized, and another performer who, in my opinion, is eh. And the clandestines. It's, again, it's just been loosely defined. Like we don't really know who or what they are. Um, yeah. But. Still across the board. I mean, I don't think it's reaching that WandaVision or Hawkeye level, but I still really like it. Yeah, I find that too. I find that the first three episodes really got me. And these last two have been kind of stumbling, even though there are some nice scenes with the family and real connective tissues there. um, And uh, the history of uh, Kamala's family, all of that works. But when the present day stuff, especially with the clandestine, it just seems to be a bit cartoonish at times. And we don't have that real... Um, solid, strong. I mean, we, I know some people have been complaining that Thor: Love and Thunder has a little bit of a kitty bent to it, but at least Bale brings some legitimate, chilling moments in that film, in my opinion. Whereas here, well, okay, here we go. Whereas here, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, John. Yeah, I'm with okay, you. Fair. We don't, <laughs> you know, we don't have that in the clandestine yet. Yes, you've cast no. some good actors 
But the other clandestine are essentially the Keystone cops. They don't really have their own personalities. Only Najma really does, and she essentially and, speaks for the crew most of the time. And, look, um, and, and she's and doing not, a she's good doing, job. Yeah, like she's doing the Lord's work. Yeah, I mean, she she's, is, she is. With she very is so, little, she's yeah, doing a lot. She is so dynamic. Yeah. Every scene she has, you are riveted on yes. her. Like, she yes. is amazing. And God, what she could do mm-hmm. if she had been given a little bit more material. Right, and everyone around her wasn't a one-dimensional lunkhead. These are the things that get a little frustrating when you're watching it. But you do have that sweet moment with Sana, right, where she says, you know, I like to think that two people found each other. You know, Maniba wants to know how it all happened, and Sana just kind of stops the train right there and says, (laughs) no pun intended. She doesn't know, but she wants to hope that two people fell in love and created something bigger than they could have created alone. So, Mike, what do you think? about these last two scenes uh are you in agreement the family stuff works or maybe the clandestine stuff doesn't work as strong and what do you think yeah. of bruno and Comron here yeah overall i agree uh you know i mean i wasn't here last week i actually really liked last week's episode i okay. thought i thought i thought kamala coming um coming to karachi and everything with the family was great um you know i think that uh i think that kareem uh red dagger falls a little bit into like cw category for me where his acting is good enough that I enjoy him, but I understand Shannon's concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought everything last week was really good. I, I liked some of the explanation we got about Noor and the clandestine, but I totally agree that it's still a little bit wobbly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I, 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 like I said, and I thought everything this week was really good, except till we get to this ending scene. And it's not that it's horrible. Right. Uh, it's all, it's all perfectly fine it's not like we're in the category of like oh shit they really like went off the rails here but like if the clandestine clandestine really just want to go through that portal and go home it's like all right fucking go if you can't go through the portal that's on you but this idea that this portal and i know that there's probably going to be a bigger portal or some big bigger thing next week but that this that this them trying to go through a portal could cause this big thing or it could cause their their land to invade our land like none of that was really delivered here and then what Najma does I'm still not clear on like did yeah. she sacrifice herself to activate Kamran yeah or is she somehow like. trying to take control of Kamran or like 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 it didn't seem is this this was her like one dying lovely moment to like give her son abilities like yeah. I'm not quite clear on 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 what it was and isn't um, it confusing Mike because they said in the third episode Najma says in the third episode like I'm we're running out of time we've got to get back we we can't wait any longer right. even though it's been decades she says we, that yeah yeah so exactly. then what does it mean sending her energy back to Kamran because it's still not going through the veil. Exactly. So yeah. again, I think we're all in agreement that uh, the logic and the specificity around the clandestine is probably the weakest part of this show. Yeah. That being said, uh, Muniba is the greatest part of this show. I like yes, everything she said oh. about find my iPhone and is this spyware for adult for parents and how did I not know about this was gold. Um, and yeah. then her showing up was lovely. I mean, them coming in and her finding out. So in the comics. Uh, Muniba also uh, finds out. Muniba actually figures it out when Miss Marvel, oh, okay. when Kam- when Kamala does come and finally come clean to her and say, "I'm Miss Marvel," she's like, "Yeah, I know. I've, I figured it out a while ago." So they tweaked it a little bit, but just like in the comics, Muniba knows now. Does not mean Yusuf knows. Right. She does not necessarily mean she runs home and tells him right away. So I think we're in for, and, and particularly because you end on this lovely. Uh, moment where like Muniba's relationship with Sana 
has really been healed and the three of them are all together and you get this lovely generational three generations of women moment um i think that we're you know as we move into marvels and hopefully more seasons of miss marvel and more stuff um you get to play this whole thing of like these two this mother and daughter that were kind of at odds mm -hmm. at the beginning of the series are kind of complicit and that maybe Muniba's going to do a little bit of like, oh, yeah, no, Kamala's going to go do that thing now. Right. It's, I give her permission. So I think there's going to be some interesting dynamics there. It'll be fun to play. I also thought it was really lovely the way they did the moment where um, Kamala's necklace broke. Yes. And you clearly mm. see the, the the symbol from her uh, from her from her costume. Oh, and the scarf is clearly and the scarf from gonna be playing, yeah, And you know that's that's not necessarily. I actually this is something that's a little bit different from the comics as well. Yeah. Um, I really do love how the different pieces of her costume are coming from different parts of her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Bruno made her the mask, that Kareem gives her the scarf, that her mom finds the broken necklace and maybe helps make the rest of the costume. Like, I think that that's really, really lovely. I think that's actually really, really nice. Um, you know, Kamran getting his abilities aside, Kamran now has basically the abilities he had in the comic as an inhuman. And I thought the scene with him and Bruno was really, really, really nice. Yeah. Um, thought that that did happen a little quickly as well. Like it kind of was rushed, but um, for all that it was rushed, we sort of have all the pieces on the board now. Like the clandestine aside from Kamran are, as far as I can tell, taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's now down yeah, they're to- they're all dead. They're all dead. Yeah. So it's now down to, we've got Kamala, we've got Kareem, we've got damage control. Yeah. So where this goes in the finale and how this all rolls out, I don't know, but that's kind of where we're at. And we have Bruno. There's Bruno's or, role or, or we maybe have a really injured Bruno. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, just, the sad thing is Yusuf can't get his cherry pie anymore from the uh, convenience stores. That's the most sad part for me. I would think that's, so. That's what I'm most concerned about. As someone who loves to occasionally shame eat, uh, you know, those little moments were, are worth gold in your life for God's sakes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I've made it clear the clandestine stuff is the weakest part. I think all three of us agree with that. It would have nice to have, and it's quizzical to be honest with you because this is starting to become a drumbeat. You know, uh, the Ringer did a, a breakdown of it this morning, talking about and connecting Love and Thunder, which I don't agree with some of their points of views. But the idea oh, that this I'm phase, sure I do, I haven't, I haven't read it, but I'm sure I do. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'm sure. You do. The phase four is feels a little bit messy, a little bit awkward, a little clumsy, and these were the concerns people had. Once you were making this transition in this new phase four that they weren't going to, how long can they sustain it? And it's starting to feel like we're veering into Cars 2 territory. We're veering into the... Okay, hold on. Hold on. You just whipped out the worst of the Pixar movies. Like, this is go. We, but this is when we started to sense that there were cracks and that they could do wrong. And so with Marvel, I think we're sensing a little bit that the bloom is off the rose because there have been complaints with every one of these Disney plus shows uh, and legitimate ones for the most part. And there've been complaints about the movies. Certainly I hated multiverse. I, I, I grow in my hate of it every time I think about it, you know? And so, but I did like love and thunder. So there is an imbalance here that's happening in a way that hasn't happened in the previous phases, even phase one when they were yeah, still trying to figure out. I would feet. disagree with this. So I will look, I, I, for, I agree. I agree. Broad strokes. And I'm sure. I am more than sure that we, this will be a geek buddies topic in the upcoming weeks. But, <laughs> uh, but I do think that like, we, we live in a little bit of a halo of uh, an infinity war Endgame halo. Yes. And what I mean by that is when you really go back through the MCU, go, go to your Disney plus and start scrolling through 
It's not like every single one of those movies was a banger. There's stuff no. to like in a lot of them, but there's also a lot of stuff. Like, look, until we got to, like, uh, Killmonger, Thanos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Loki, uh, the one thing that you can give Thor to is that it kind of, like, put Loki more front and center. Yeah. Um, but, like, until you got to those guys, Marvel got crit- crit- criticized constantly for kind of having lame cookie cutter villains. Well, the re- reverse villains, the, the defaulting to having the villain be exactly the reverse yeah. of the hero with no real, but, but that's also in the comic. So there's no- It is, not, but like, but know. that was, and then they sort of, we got like, we got nearer to the end. We got into like late phase three, or we got into like late phase two, phase three. Mm-hmm. And like Marvel just started firing on all cylinders. Right. A large, lot of credit to the Russo brothers on that. And then they ended so strongly with Infinity War and Endgame like stuck the landing harder than anything and we all like you know screamed in the theater when yep. uh when 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 um when uh anthony mackie said on your left so you know it was like that was huge and so for us all of that marvel cinematic universe was like well yeah they nailed it they did it yeah, yeah. so now we're sort of back at square one again but they're in a way more complicated place and i'm not defending them because i actually do agree that it is pretty messy right now yeah um but I also think that like hindsight is twenty twenty. I think that five years from now, uh, depending on what happens, we're either going to go, I had a great run. No, they really didn't do this. Or we're going to be like, holy shit, Secret Wars. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be one or the other. And so if they can pull it off, a lot of these things like the clandestine, you know, like, because even with Miss Marvel, like the reverse of your argument is people have a lot of complaints about the Disney Plus shows. People have a lot of complaints about the movies in phase four. Yeah. But we love Yelena Belova. Yes. We're really into the Young Avengers. Right. We might not think WandaVision ended perfectly, but holy shit, was that a great love story? And did it level yeah. up Wanda? So, like, if every one of these things, even though each of these movies, even the ones I dislike, like Multiverse I'm not saying there are positive things that are being birthed from these movies and TV shows. I'm just saying that it feels like we're back to square one and we're relearning the lessons that they had already learned in phase one. That's the confusing part for me. Shin? Yeah, but also, when you think about phase one, you think about how many movies were in phase one. You had two Iron Man movies, you had a Cap movie, you had a Thor movie, and you had an Avengers movie. Only half of them are good. You know, Iron Man 1 is good. Yes. Cap is good. Yes. Avengers is good. I don't know a ton of people who Iron like Man Thor. is good. I said Iron, Iron Man. Man is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, no. Iron but but then Iron Man 2 <laughs> came right. out. Iron Man 2 is bad. Thor is meh. Um so I mean I, it's not it, yeah, it's not half. I mean they've got they were batting higher than 500 but also they had incredible hulk in there when while I don't think incredible right. hulk was a terrible movie. Um so yeah, I it's guess it's certainly would be, not would, incredible. Yeah, <laughs> they looked at what worked and what didn't, and they pushed right. forward. They now with Phase Four, they're looking at what works and what doesn't, and there arguably is a good amount that doesn't work. Like at the end of Eternals, when they say the Eternals will return, most of the audience is like was not on the edge of their seat, saying, yeah. "I can't wait." Um, even though I didn't think Eternals was a terrible movie, right. um, but I think they're looking at what is working and what isn't, and that's how they're going to well, forge ahead. But yeah, oh, go ahead, John. Go no, ahead. no, I was just saying real quick to, to, and I think Shannon, make you make some great points here to connect up to uh, what we were texting about earlier before we started doing the show. This idea that you know, are they going so far out that it's too much? And even them, they're having trouble. As much as we love Marvel and want to give them the credit for everything, like maybe even they're going a step too far, going out into space, messing with their own time. Uh, time travel loops and all this. I mean, are, are we spinning 24, 25 fucking plates 
and they're not sure who started spinning what plate and which plate needs to be spun, spun next. It just seems like they're biting off more than they can chew, and it's starting to show. Not, I, not I starting think, to show. It's been showing. I, guess. I think that I think that there's truth to that, but I also think that Marvel's biggest strength, and this is what they do differently than Kathleen Kennedy, and it's what they do differently than DC, and it's what yep. they do differently than everybody else, is that despite what all of us are saying on the outside, and despite what we say we like, what we don't like, they see it through. Like, yep. they didn't True. look at Thor and go, ugh, maybe we, maybe we need to recast Loki. They didn't look right. at Iron Man 2, which is arguably one of the worst <laughs> Marvel movies, and go, ugh, you know what? I guess this Natasha Romanoff thing didn't work for us. Let's uh, let's cut our losses. Right. Like even the stuff that's not good in the MCU, they took those characters that a lot of whom were not introduced in the best way, or a lot right. of whom didn't work initially, and they just kept going and they kind of kept working as they went. And so I do think that I'm glad that they're continuing to do whatever it is they're doing. Um, I think not all of it works. And I also think that John is potentially right that they might have bit off more than they could chew. That getting to getting to the Infinity Gauntlet is one thing. Getting to Secret Wars, multiversal incursions, gods, gods. celestials, eternities, yeah. like it's 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 a lot. And just like with the clandestine, it's a lot that's very loosely defined. So I think this is where they could run into trouble. So it'll be interesting to see conveniently loosely defined yeah <laughs> they didn't recast loki but they recast hulk and war machine <laughs> that's true well they recast hulk yes war machine that's that's not their fault i, I don't know i don't know i don't know what happened so i'm not willing to put fault on either side we weren't involved in those negotiations so. i was <laughs> okay fair enough Hold on. <laughs> Robert? Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, let's wrap up here because we were talking about Ms. Marvel, not Marvel overall. Uh, final thoughts on this episode as we go into the uh, season one finale. If if the, I, They haven't announced there's a season two, but possibly a series or season one finale. Uh, Mike, final thoughts? Um, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to really, really like it. I think that I think that the issue with the clandestine and what the villain is, is going to, it's going to be interesting to see how, how the season ends. Because mm -hmm. the, like, the penultimate episode leads to the finale, and the finale is the big epic battle. And I'm not quite sure what the epic battle is going to be here. So it, 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 it'll be interesting. I am 100% sure that the emotional stuff, the family stuff, and Kamala deciding that she is now a superhero and is officially Miss Marvel is going to be great. Yep. Would I love a Carol Danvers cameo? Wouldn't be mad about it, Ooh. but maybe they're saving that for Marvels, so maybe. we will see. Yeah, all right. A Spectrum 2, maybe. Uh, maybe. Shannon, thoughts? Uh, final thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, of this, this is probably kind of in the middle tier of the episodes i mean it was not it's not as strong as one and two but i think it's better than three and four yeah um in terms of the finale like yeah this is all this is the big this is the big fight this is the big action set piece it, it seems like she's going to kamala has to either bust her friends out of damage control yeah. or I, god i think that's it i mean yeah. or fight kamala it, yeah, eventually. Or if Kamran, if Kamran is taken, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I think this is what's the case, but if Kamran is either taken over by Najma or yeah. uh, or uh, decides that to avenge his mom or to do whatever needs to open up the portal, yeah, 
I think that portal. I think that portal is gone. I think this is all. I I think it's all damage control. Okay. That just. But I do think that feels. It's lame. Smaller. Yeah. Smaller than I Mm. would have wanted it to be. So that's where it's. I I think that the all the emotional stuff they'll hit landing on. But like, yeah, who she's actually fighting, I'm not quite clear on. Yeah. Very true. Um, all right, yeah, I agree with uh, these two gentlemen and their thoughts overall. Uh, I, look, it, every, as I said, everything in the first 20 minutes was gold, absolute gold. More of that, please. And in the, the minutes with Muniba and Sana and uh, and Kamala, the, all that was great. And so uh, more of that. And hopefully because they've laid the groundwork of the family so powerfully throughout this entire season that when we get to the finale, that's going to be a real launching off point. That's going to be something that comes back multiple times throughout that episode to kind of reaffirm why Kamala is doing the things that she's doing. And then eventually when she uses her powers in the way that she uses her powers, she stands defiant by the end. Now fully embracing who she is, fully embracing the history of her and her family involved with this bangle. Um, And is there a second bangle, right? There's supposed to be a second bangle. So where is the mystery of the second bangle? How is that going to show up uh, in here? Because that is Najma's bangle is the second bangle, I think. So where is that bangle going to show up uh, uh, in this whole thing? So we shall see. Wait, Najma didn't wait. Najma didn't have a second bangle. She didn't have a bangle. No, she they talked. They talked about. They talked about, about they it. Oh, okay, when they okay, find okay. it. When they find it on the arm of the Cree, right. uh, they only have the one bangle That's in right, there. Right. So there is a bangle missing. So maybe there's a mystery to be solved in the second bangle. Or got here. turned into ten rings. Oh, yeah, that's possible, too. That's why I didn't think about that, too. Speaking of spinning plates, uh, there you go. All right, we shall find out for sure in the finale uh, next week. So thank you all so much for watching this spoiler review here of Episode 5 of Ms. Marvel. We appreciate it madly. Shannon, what do we have to tell? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. <laughs> Sorry, I think I, I think my brain just skipped for a second. If you would like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, it's Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Toon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Um, look, if you like the clandestine, don't like the clandestine, don't know how you feel about it, it doesn't matter. We take all opinions here. Uh, and we want to keep doing what we're doing, and here is how you can help us keep doing it. Uh, definitely hit the like button below and subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing and nerdy and weird and crazy content that he has got going on there. Leave your comments below. What did you think of the episode? And hey, you know, while we're going for it, what do you think of Phase 4? How's it going for you? What do you think's going on? I don't know. Um, (laughs) let us know your thoughts down below. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, or anywhere the podcasts are available, leave us some stars and leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us and join in in all the fun and if you uh are not going to do that the other thing that you can do that really is the best thing that you can do is retweet this video post it on your socials and send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go and uh another good thing you can do is head on over to carbonhealth.com who powers and sponsors us here on the geek buddies in the outlaw nation uh, we appreciate them madly head on over there if you've got any healthcare questions concerns or needs they got 125 Locations nationwide, 80 locations in California alone, including the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Sacramento, and North San Diego, where I'm at, for sure. Uh, they've got urgent care. they got COVID testing. they got primary care in a lot of their clinics. Um, and they also want healthcare to be convenient and accessible. They know your healthcare goals can change. They change with you to create a plan for you specifically. It's not broad stuff. 
They really want to work with you. They take care of you and create a plan that works for your specific body to help you get in the best shape possible that you can. Uh, and they continue to partner with us because Carbon Health genuinely cares about positive communities who engage with each other over the love of culture and expressions of life. And don't forget to download that uh, app of theirs to have mm-hmm. a doc in your pock. Shannon, you can get that. Uh, you can get that brain skip checked out. Anyway, all right, let's get out of here. We love you madly. Thanks so much. Have yourselves a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode or review here from the Geek ba 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 Buddies. <laughs> hey! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.